Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing in the Bay of Holy Spirit region. If any of you follow me, you know that back on, I think it was April 30th, 2020, I had a six-hour encounter with the Lord where I had a vision of the Tampa Bay region. And uh, if you go to, I don't have time to go into detail on it, but if you go to KenMalone.org, that's a blog, and uh, it's called Ken's Domain, and, and you can go in there and read that vision about the Tampa Bay region. And, uh, and I'm excited about what the Lord is doing in that region and how he's raising up houses of intercession and worship in the Bay region to really begin to usher in what the Lord wants to do. And one of the things I'll just tell briefly in this vision, I literally saw Jesus manifesting on top of the, over the bay and over the city. He was huge. And one of the things in this vision, it was, it was not about any personality in this vision except the personality of Christ. He was the one who was magnified. So if you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to Joshua chapter 1. I have been preaching a lot lately about making preparations for awakening revival in your life. And, uh, and I believe that God wants us to begin to prepare for what he wants to do in the Bay region, in the Bay of the Holy Spirit region. You know, when Hernando de Soto named it Bay of Holy Spirit, it was on a Pentecost Sunday when he named it that. And actually, uh, when I had this vision, it was that particular Pentecost after that, after that vision that y'all had the first multi-gathering of churches uh, across this region. And so I really find it neat that this region has a history uh, on Pentecost Sunday. That it's a well that you can tap into. So we're going to look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. Uh, and I'm going to try to t- be amazing and brief, okay? And uh, thank you. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that Joshua, that the Lord spoke to Joshua. The son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. 
This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions. And if you've got a pen or if you're taking notes, you need to write this word down. Prepare provisions. For yourself, within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. To the Reubenites and to the Gadites and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word. Now write that down also. Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. In Joshua chapter 2 and verse 1, Joshua speaks to them. And he said, then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, saying, go view the land. Write that down. Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came into the house of a harlot whose name was Rahab, and they lodged there. And then in Joshua chapter 3, verse 4, however, there shall be between you and it a distance of 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Now write that down, that you haven't been here before. There's four things that we're going to speak right now real quickly on. One is making provision. God is about to release a revival in the earth that is going to be all about Jesus. And one of the things that we have to do is that we have to begin making preparation in our life. God has been making preparation with me now for the last two years. The one was an encounter I had back in October, uh, actually October the 12th, 2021. I was in my house over in Melbourne, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and He began wrapping me with His arms for three hours, I sat there and cried as Holy Spirit wrapped me in his arms and began loving on me to the point it removed all the strife, it removed all uh, fears, everything began to be pulled out of me as he was wrapping himself around me. It was part of the preparation for what he was going to do next week. And... The, toward the end of the week, we went to Tallahassee. We had a conference there with Dutch and myself. And when I got back home, she had to go to St. Petersburg and stay with our granddaughter, Kenna. And I was there by myself. And at 1.30 a.m. on the 19th of October, I was awakened by the Lord to a, to a life-changing moment in my life and I walked into my den and when I got in there I saw Jesus as the refiner I had never seen him as the Malachi 3 refiner I'd always seen him as healer I seen him as warrior but I'd never seen him as a refiner 
and he was there to refine me. And there were two refining angels there. And from 1.30 a.m. that morning to 12.30 that day, p.m., I sat with this refiner. As he began to pull out of me things that I didn't know that was there, offenses I didn't know that was there. If you had said to me, Brother King, you've got an offense toward that person, I'd say, no, I forgive them, but. Anytime you put that but in there, you just canceled out everything you said before. And I would have said, no, I don't have any offense, but the Lord began showing me all the different offenses I had. He began pulling out of me the competition that I had as a minister of wanting to compete with other churches or other ministries and wanting to be the most powerful man of God. I had thought I'd gotten all that out of me, but he began pulling things out of me that I didn't know was there. And this lasted from 1.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And then the next morning at 1.30 a.m. I don't know what it's about with him and I and 1.30 a.m. I wish he had picked a different time. But uh, <laughs> that seems to be the time the Lord likes with me. He woke me up again, 1.30 a.m. on the 20th. And I go into my den, and there he is again as the refiner. And he began showing me how that I had walked away from relationships because it was too difficult to mend them. But you see, the Lord right now, if you look at James and John, the Bible talks about when Jesus found them, what were they doing? They were mending their nets. God is calling us to mend nets today, nets that we have broken Nets that, you, that we can't blame on the rocks, we can't blame on Satan, we can't blame on anybody else. But these are nets that we have broken, that we have frayed. And I find it real interesting that word there, mending, is the same Greek word for equipping in Ephesians 4.12. It actually means to put something back into position. Are back into place. And see, our hearts have been out of place with the Lord because we've been walking around with all this different offense in our lives. And, and I keep looking straight ahead at me and nobody know I'm talking about you, okay? <clears throat> we, we, we have allowed these offenses to go on in our life thinking that we have really forgiven when we really haven't. And you see, God is getting us ready for a move of God that is going to require you and I to get more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. Bill Hammond said this a few years ago. He said the highest calling of God for man is to be in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. You see, that's our highest calling. It's not how high we can leap. It's not how many people fall on the floor when I pray for them. It's not how many people I heal. It's how I am formed and how you are formed into the image of Christ. Do you have that agape love that loves people without performance, that loves people just like they are, even when they let you down or even when they fall? One of the things that I, the Lord had to deal with me during this time of preparation back in October of 2021 was that I had, I had some issues. I had one called reputation. And my reputation was keeping me from fellowshipping with former ministers that had fallen but had returned to Jesus. 
And I always kept these ministers who have fallen at arm's length because of my reputation. And then Wendy and I were talking about this one day and talking about this encounter. And she said to me a scripture I know very well, that Jesus made himself of no reputation. You see, he died for all the fallen ministers just as much as he died for the sinner. And it's you and I that have kept these people from returning and becoming back into full ministry. So you know what the Lord did? He put all that out of me, but not only that, he, he parked me and moved Cheryl and I right across the street from one of the most powerful ministers in Melbourne who had a powerful move of God at the tabernacle back in the 90s but fell into sexual sin. Now, I can say this about Michael because talk, he talks about it, and he and I both have talked about it, but there, he's totally healed. And then in December 31st, 2021, we had a multi-church gathering. We had like 40 churches assembled together, and we restored my neighbor. Not only has he already been restored to Jesus 22 years ago, we restored him to ministry. Boy, hey, he stayed with his wife. And so the Lord began pulling all this different junk out of me to prepare me for what's coming. Because there's a move of God coming like we've never seen before. And you need to remember the words that have been spoken over the Bay Region. You need to document these words. Get these words out and sing them and prophesy them back. Just like they were prophesied when they first came. Remember the word. That was the other thing that the Lord said to Joshua. Remember the word. And now go and view the land. It's time that you begin viewing the land that God has placed you in. I am a lover of Florida. Everything about Florida I love from one end of this state to the other. I'm so excited to go to Key West in May. We're going down to the Keys, and I haven't been there since about 2007. And we're going to do three meetings down in the Keys that I'm so excited about. And most believing Floridians, all they want to do is place judgment on the Keys rather than placing the mercy of God upon the Keys. And that's what God is calling us to do. And I am viewing the land from a distance. When I, when I had that vision about the Bay Region, I was viewing the land. I, even though I was a distance away, I viewed the entire landscape of the Tampa Bay region, seeing that one of the greatest harvests that is going to come out of Florida is going to be in this region that we're standing in right now. I get asked all the time, where do you see God moving in Florida? And one of the places I always say is the Bay region. I see him moving in the Bay region. I also say the same thing over at Satellite Beach. We are seeing God move and manifest Every Thursday, 40 pastors, we come together to pray. We don't come together to fellowship. We don't come together to have a meal together. These ministers come together, and they are praying and going after the Lord. Now, when you can get 40 ministers together, you're almost in full-blown revival. It is a miracle. And we don't come there with any agendas. We come to go after God. Number four, we've never been where we're going. I've never seen it. 
And Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians where he said, The eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But he has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Now, the sad thing about that scripture is that we put that scripture into eschatology and believe that that's way down the road when the rapture takes place. It has nothing to do with the rapture. It's talking about the Lord doing something in the Bray region right now that your eye has not seen what he wants to do here. Your ear has not heard. It has not even entered into your heart what God has planned for this region, what he's planned for your family, what he's planned for your prodigals. We've never seen anything like what is about to come. I've been studying very deeply the Wales revival, mainly because I had a dream back in 2020 about the Wales movement of God. And one of the things that stood out about the Wales move of God from 1904 to 1905, several things stood out. One, is that the presence of God was so incredible that when they would hold a church service like we did this morning, the ministers on the platform couldn't even lead worship because the congregation took over in worship and started singing a song to the Lord. Sometimes nobody had ever heard it, and people would sing the same song across the place. 150,000 people came to Jesus in one year. I'm looking for that to happen. You see, we're at a place right now in a time in history that we're ushering in the glory of God. And listen, there are two sides in this glory that you've got to begin to realize. One is the side of convenience. And the other one is the other side of inconvenience. You see, on the side of convenience, nothing ever really happens. But it's on the other side of inconvenience where there's a glory to be seen that the church has not seen yet because we're not willing to be inconvenienced any longer. We want everything in a microwave-type society. We don't want to spend hours in prayer. But one of the things I found out about the Wales Revival is they would start a prayer meeting at four in the afternoon and it would go four the next morning as they would cry out for Jesus and call upon the Lord to come and fill their lives. Glory to God. You see, there are two sides. There's a side of convenience. Well, let's eat today, but let's don't go home and cook the food. Let's go to a place where we can get it conveniently. You know, used to families, and I'm just throwing this in here, really doesn't have a lot to do with my message, but I want just to share about the convenience and inconvenience. Used to families, every Sunday afternoon after church, where did they assemble? In home. And they had a meal together. And they sat down, and there was no phones, there was no TV, and they sat down and had a meal together, and they talked to each other. Wow. You see, that was inconvenience. Because somebody had to cook that meal, and usually the mother was found cooking that meal, had actually put the roast in before she went to church that morning. And the roast cooked in the oven while she was at church. And come home, and she put all other things together. And usually by about 1.30, everybody was eating. It was an inconvenience, but there was a glory with that family surrounded together on the other side of that inconvenience. You see, we're not willing to be inconvenienced today. 
You see, on the side of the convenience, we get the same old, same old. There's no change. It's a lifeless Laodicean lifestyle, neither hot nor cold, just getting by, mediocre. On the side of convenience, there's no ground ever taken. To those on the side of convenience, there's no need to possess the land. There's no need to possess Tampa Bay. You see, we have this ideology even in America. Just let it get worse and worse and worse. Jesus, come get us out of here. We don't want to deal with this anymore, but I'm going to tell you, I'm here for the long haul. And I'm here to see God come into this nation and bring a mighty move of Holy Spirit like we've not seen before. And I believe that America will be saved. Woo! I believe that Florida will be saved. I used to pray and ask the Lord for a million souls out of Florida. And he said to me, he said, you're asking too small. I want you to ask for 10 million. And so I've started asking the Lord for 10 million souls out of this state. You know, when Cheryl and I moved here in 1988, there were 8 million people in Florida. Now we're bumping 23 million people. And no wonder I-4 is so bad. I think everybody moved just off of I-4 when they moved here. And, uh, but, you know, I believe that God is setting Florida up and the people who are moving here for harvest. Rather than complain about them coming here, why don't we begin praying for them as they come? Because I believe the Lord is setting up all these people that are moving here from up north and out west. And here comes the folks from Seattle. Here comes the folks from California. Here they come from New York. Here they come from Pennsylvania. They're coming down here and they think they're coming because we're a free state. They're coming here because God is going to save them. He's going to redeem them. He's going to set them free in Jesus' name. You see, we have to get on the other side of inconvenience. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not going to be a convenient thing to be a believer in the future. It's not going to be convenient. You and I are going to have to press in like we've never pressed in before. You see, God wants us to possess this land, this bay region don't give it to the enemy. On the, side of the, on the side of convenience, we give the land, we give the country to the enemy. And we say, Jesus, come get us. You see, on the side of convenience, there's no movement toward revival. There's no movement to see Jesus manifest in the Bay region. And in, on the side of convenience, there are many Ahab moments. Ahab moments are when you turn everything over to Jezebel and you make peace with Jezebel for the sake of peace. You see, on the side of convenience, there is no harvest. Oh, we have a soul trickle in here or a soul trickle in there. On the side of convenience, there's really no harvest. You see, the harvest standard I am looking for is the same harvest standard when the man at the gate beautiful was healed and 5,000 people came to Jesus that one day. I'm looking for an entire Walmart on a Saturday, a super center to be overcome by Holy Spirit because Jesus is manifesting at a gate called Walmart. You see, on the side of convenience, there is no transformation. We just serve 
Jesus conveniently. You know, when you begin looking at the souls who have prayed a sinner's prayer, you wonder how many of them were actually transformed and had a transforming salvation experience with Christ. Most of them today, you don't see them in the church because really and truly, there's not been a transformation that's taken place. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say this. I lead a congregation too, so I can say this boldly. You know what we do in the church? We have sheep relocation programs. And we say we're growing. No, you're not growing. You just relocated some sheep. They came from another church and they came here. And it happens all the time. I won't ask you to raise your hand how many churches you've been in, but it's true. And we should have a van that says church relocation program. We're coming through your neighborhood. We're going to relocate you. <laughs> no, we do need to hear this, Cheryl. Cheryl, I am on the word. And, uh, and God wants us to begin bringing in a harvest of souls that are transformed through the power of Holy Spirit. You see, on the side of convenience, there are no kairos times. There's only chronos times. On the side of convenience, there's a lot of religion to go around. On the side of convenience, just rapture us out of here, Lord. There's no need for revival. I've had people tell me over the years because they know that I'm a revivalist at heart. And they say the church can't have revival because there's too much sin within the church. And I ask them, why did Jesus die then? If he didn't die for the sins of everybody, even the church, who did he die for? And they'll say there can't be a revival in America because there's too much sin in America. Why did Jesus die? My same question is why did he die then? Why was he crucified? He was crucified for the sin of all mankind so that we could be renewed in relationship to our Father. You see, on the other side of inconvenience, and you can go with me to Joel 2, verses 12 and 13. Yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart and with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness, and relenting of evil. You see, number one, if you're taking notes, here's the other side of inconvenience. There's a glory outpouring of Holy Spirit on the other side of inconvenience. I shared with you a moment ago how the people in Wales would pray for 12 hours at a time. And God is looking for you and I in Joel 2, 28 and 29. It will come about after this that I will pour my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In verse 32 of the same chapter, it will come about that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. One of the first things in the vision that I had of the Bay Region, the first place the Lord took me was to Safety Harbor in, in the Spirit. 
And I began to have a vision of Safety Harbor. And there was a healing move of God that was coming out of Safety Harbor. There was a manifestation of the healing power of Jesus Christ in that region. And then the vision shifted from there over into Clearwater. And he took me over to the Scientology headquarters. And I saw them leaving the headquarters by the thousands. And they were coming to the Jesus that was manifesting in the Bay region and from there he took me to Pinellas Park and I saw a book of Acts move of God in Pinellas Park but all of this was on the other side of inconvenience he took me from there to the locker rooms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but it just wasn't the Buccaneers that were there the Rays were there the the, the uh, hockey teams the baseball teams they were all in this locker room and Jesus was manifesting in this locker room and these football players were strategizing on how they could take the Bay region for the Lord. In this particular vision, I began to see ministers coming out of retirement. Men who had retired, women who had retired, they're in their 60s and later, and all of a sudden they're coming out of retirement because the move of God was so powerful and so many are coming to Jesus in the Bay region that God had to bring those men and women out of the seats of retirement. You see, I can't find in the Bible where God has called anybody to retirement. He's called us to get refired, not retired. Come on, somebody. Get refired. Then I begin to see people like Mia and, and Lily. All of a sudden, these young kids were being moved on by the Holy Spirit. And they were becoming evangelists among the children. I saw a homeless move of God in this entire region. And, and all of a sudden the homeless were being saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But they wasn't coming to your church. God was raising up ministers among the homeless to minister to those who are homeless. And seniors were so on fire for God in this vision that it was hard for the young people to catch up with them. Uh-oh. You see, God is, is ready to do something in this region. But it's on the other side of inconvenience. I've got to hurry here. I'm only halfway through. You see, on the other side of inconvenience is Holy Spirit outpouring. There are many Jehu moments. These are moments and seasons of victory. These are the moments and seasons of taking the evil so that the righteous can prevail. And there's a harvest of souls on the other side of inconvenience. The prodigals are on the other side of inconvenience. And I need to tell a quick two dreams that I had. About five years ago now, I, maybe four, I woke up one morning and I told Cheryl, I said, Honey, I, I dreamed that we went back to Alabama and bought our home in Providence, Alabama. Just a, it was our first home. It was out in the country. I mean, you, you, you don't even know the house is there. It's so far back in the woods. And uh, I said, I dreamed we went and bought that house back. And I told her, she said, That was not a dream. That was a nightmare. <laughs> and so she just don't want to go back to Alabama. I'm dreaming about Alabama all the time now. I dreamed about Alabama about a month ago. And um, 
of something that God is doing there. So, on the day that Yonggi Cho passed away, I had a dream that we were back in the house in Alabama. But we were there. We were planted there. And outside in the backyard was Cindy Jacobs prophesying to the emerging generation. And I was on my face in the grass, in the dirt, in the back of the house, in travail for the emerging generation. Cindy was prophesying, I was travailing. And the travail in the dream became so strong that my whole body began to hurt and ache. And I called out and I said, someone get Dutch. I need help. I can't do this alone. And Dutch was in my house. Somebody went in and got him and brought him out. And I'm bent down on the ground and he kneels down and puts his hand on my back. And he doesn't help me pray. He says, finish this, Malone. That's the way he talks to me. You see... God is not looking for somebody necessary to help you, although there will be people there to help you. He wants you to finish the work that he's called you to. Because you're very much an important part of what the Lord wants to do. But I kept asking the Lord, why providence? Why would you send us back there? Why would you give me dreams about providence? And it wasn't until I looked up the name providence that i understood our forefathers used to call our heavenly father providence but not only that here's what god was saying to me providence actually means securing the future and that's what the lord was saying to us and he's saying to you today i've got a future for the bay region that i want you to secure and grab hold of that and secure that in yeshua's name Amen. So, Father, I just stand to your feet. I'm going to pray over you, and then I'm going to give it back to Jimmy. Father, I bless every person here with an impartation, Lord, of inconvenience that you send us to the other side. It was inconvenient when Jesus and the disciples got in the boat to go to the other side, but they went through anyway. And Father, I decree today, God, that the mantle of the Holy Spirit is upon the Bay region, and you will manifest, Lord, your glory in this region and territory in the name of Yeshua. And Father, I thank you, God, for doing that in Jesus' name. Give him a big hand clap. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.